should Christians be in the world? The writer of Ephesians has a lot to say about this. We get a lot of, do not be like this, but be like that. Do not be foolish. Do not get drunk with wine. If you're anything like me, you're hearing those do nots very clearly. It can be easy to get hung up on those commands and to find ourselves striving for moral perfection. Do not be foolish. Okay, let's make sure that we never do anything undignified, never make any mistakes, never show any fear. Do not get drunk with wine. That's easy. Let's just not drink wine at all, not even for communion. And then, I imagine, among some of us, there are those rule breakers who hear these things and there's this gut reaction to just be as foolish as possible and to drink Bloody Marys on Sunday mornings just to stick it to the writer of Ephesians. <laughs> to be fair, the do-nots are there for a reason. The writer has a goal to encourage hearers to make the most of the time because the days are evil. This is a phrase from the economic world of the first century. So the writer is saying something like, snap up every chance that is available. The days are evil. The world is not as it should be. The world is not as God wills it to be. Because of this, we have to make the most of every opportunity that we have. We have to take every chance that we get to act with wisdom, to be God's people, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We have to take every chance we can get to be thankful. Make the most of the time because it's not your time. It's God's time. Make the most of what you've got. But how do you make the most of the time? How do you use this life, your one shot at loving God on this side of eternity? The writer of Ephesians tells us that the way to make the most of the time is to understand what the will of the Lord is. Oh, that's easy. Not. How can we understand God's will? Let me ask you a different question. Quiet your spirit and be open with yourself. With what do you fill yourself? With what do you fill your time? What is it that you crave to escape from yourself? What do you crave to feel okay again? For some of you, it is alcohol or some other substance. But I imagine that there are quite a lot of you who maybe hear the author of Ephesians speak out against drunk drunkenness and you've patted yourself on the back because you don't get drunk. So then what do you fill yourself with and what do you fill your time with? I'm going to make some guesses. Some of you crave intense feeling. To feel ecstatic joy or deep sorrow or anger. It really doesn't matter which of these emotions it is, but you just want to get lost in that intensity. Others of you want to get lost in your work. You feel bad about not being as present as you might want to be or not being home as much as you think you should be, but, but the absorption that your work provides is just the ticket. 
Still others are in this room probably maybe chase after new experiences or throw yourself into TV or books or games. Anything that isn't this particular moment here and now. Others of you compulsively achieve at school, at work, at home, because that's when you feel like you're valuable, when you feel like you actually matter. And maybe others of you only feel worthwhile when someone else needs you, so you find ways to be needed. Still others maybe want to feel in control. So you claim your fiefdom in your family or on a church committee or the homeowners association and you call the shots. There are many ways to give into excess that numbs life's intensities. Each one of us has our compulsions and our addictions, maybe especially when it's too much of a good thing. It's easier to rationalize. But the writer of Ephesians calls us away from excess. After all, to fill ourselves with anything but the spirit is a surefire way to put in earplugs and put on a blindfold, distracting ourselves from ever hearing God in the stillness. That's what's at stake. Attunement to the divine. The writer exhorts us to be filled with the spirit. Remember how the way to make the most of the time is to understand what the will of the Lord is. Well, this is how we understand the will of the Lord, by being filled with the spirit. But I want you to notice something here. The writer doesn't say, fill yourself with the spirit. This is not something to put on your to-do list. The writer says, be filled with the Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit requires opening ourselves to be filled. Can't fill a jar, the lid's still on. But there's not really much more that we can do beyond that. To open ourselves to the Spirit, we sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among ourselves, I'm quoting here now, singing and making melody to the Lord in our hearts, giving thanks to God the Father at all times and for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we're given three ways to open ourselves to the Holy Spirit. First, we sing to God together. This is a big reason why we gather and worship God in song. It opens us to the Holy Spirit. We can't control what the Spirit does or where the Spirit goes, but we can lift our voice in song. This doorway to the spiritual life is distinctly physical. We have to use our bodies, breathing in deep and exhaling sound in order to open up to the Holy Spirit. When we're tense, when our hearts are beating anxiously, when we are alone too much, it's harder to be open. But singing loosens up our bodies. It decreases our muscle tension and returns our breathing to the soft and tender belly. Singing together binds us together as a community. Singing together to God and about God miraculously breaks open our hard hearts and opens us to the chaotic and occasionally terrifying, but ultimately loving movement of the Holy Spirit. 
I would also like to note that God doesn't care about your singing ability. So the sooner you can stop judging your singing ability, the sooner you can live into the wonder of God's love. So that's the first thing, singing together to God. The second thing that opens us to be filled with the Spirit is making melody to the Lord in our hearts. And maybe this sounds like the same thing, but there's a distinct shift here from making literal melodies out of our breath and our throats and our mouths to making melodies from within our very selves. In other words, to be filled with the Spirit requires the transformation of our inner lives. This is not a different kind of transformation from what singing does for us, but rather another facet of that transformation. This has been something I've become more aware of over the past decade or so. I noticed that my inner life was a mess. My inner voice was not making melodies to the Lord. Instead, it was worrying about the future, rewriting what I did instead of the past, and most of all, it was criticizing me for everything I did or felt that wasn't in line with the ideal version of myself that I imagined. My inner voice compared me to my friends and acquaintances whose lives looked great on Instagram and to the public images of writers, bloggers, thinkers, anyone who had something that I felt was missing from my life. So I went to therapy. I explored the Christian spiritual life by joining a contemplative group, by practicing daily prayer with some neighbors. I read books and talked to people who were wise and kind. Most importantly, though, I paid attention to those moments when I felt like my heart was stirred within me. And I, I mean a literal sensation in my heart, because I knew that that feeling was very likely the Holy Spirit prompting me to say yes to something. When someone invited me to join that contempl the contemplative group, my heart was stirred. When I heard about a class on centering prayer, my heart was stirred. When I read a book about the Sabbath, my heart was stirred. And by following those stirrings one step at a time, by working with my therapist to break the mean habits of my inner voice, that voice within me started to change. Less and less discordant and out of tune, that inner voice was becoming more melodious and more loving. It took a long time, but eventually there was that shift. And when I felt overwhelmed by different things going on in my life, I stopped saying to myself, this is horrible, I hate this, I hate me. And instead, I started saying, you are loved. God is giving you what you need. You are safe. You are loved. And eventually, my inner voice could say to God, thank you. Thank you. You are good. You are love. Thank you. I began to make melody to the Lord in my heart. I didn't get there by my own effort or striving. I was led to that place of love and wholeness by the Spirit, by surrendering to the Spirit's movement in my life, by giving myself over to love and encouragement in the communities in which I found myself. So to open ourselves to the Spirit, we sing together, we make melody to the Lord in our hearts, 
The third thing that we can do to open ourselves to the Spirit is this. Give thanks to God at all times and for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you've probably encountered some article or soundbite that encouraged you to take up a gratitude practice, where you might write down one thing every day that you're grateful for. But what we have here from the writer of Ephesians is much more ambitious. Give thanks to God the Father at all times and for everything. At all times and for everything? <laughs> to do either of those things requires a full transformation of the heart. For this is the melody that we make to the Lord in our hearts, the melody of gratitude for everything. It's not something we can strive towards. I can't make myself grateful for difficult health problems or for conflicts. But as the singing we do together in worship works its way into the core of my being, and as my inner voice's song shifts and changes to be more melodious, gratefulness just happens without my trying. This is transformation by the Holy Spirit. So here's what I do want you to add to your task list. Sing more. Pay attention to how it feels in your belly and in your chest, the vibrations in your throat and the sounds coming out of your mouth. Focus on the blessing it is to sing with people who love you, to be alive for another day, and to sing about the God who walks with you through life's heights and depths. Then listen for those times when your heart is quickened within you, when the Holy Spirit is knocking on the door of your heart, prompting you to say yes to something, say yes. Keep singing and keep listening until one day you realize that your inner voice is more and more in tune with the melody of the universe, worrying you less, cutting you down less, and singing more and more about the love and goodness of our God. The peace of the Lord be with you.